the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Today is week two of our series, looking at the amazing words and wisdom of the the psalmist uh, Drake. Uh, God's plan, God's plan. Everything else he says is so dead, it makes no sense. I've looked at the lyrics, I've tried, I've done that S Club 7 reach for the stars, trying to find a way that I can speak about the rest of the song and still make a coherent sermon. I couldn't, like the rest of those lyrics, I was like, Drake, you be tripping, what the heck are you saying? So we're just looking at God's plan, God's plan. And last week we looked at Zachariah. Now Zachariah had a crazy one because Angel Gabriel, who, by the way, had been AWOL, he'd been missing in action since the book of Daniel, and he'd never been seen before then, so he's kind of like a big deal, he's pretty exclusive. He'd been to see Zachariah while he was like burning the incense, and Zachariah was having this moment and encountering this angel, and he was like, you're gonna have a kid, you've been praying about this your whole life, you're in your old age, and I know you didn't think it was possible, but it's all happening, God's heard your prayer and your petition, which for Zachariah was deep and meaningful because burning the incense was the very notion and the idea for his people that as they burned the incense, they would see the smoke waft off and it would rise through um, the curtain in the Holy of Holies to the mercy seat of God. So the people of Israel used to gather outside morning and evening and they would pray. And as the incense was burned, it would be wafted through and they would believe that in tandem with their prayers, it'd be heard. So Zachariah, his whole life had been praying to God about having a kid. It never happened. The one day he won the national lottery, pulled out the straw and the lot said as a priest, you go into the holy place today and you're gonna be like servicing the altar. And as he's there, he has this moment. And as Gabriel says, hey bro, guess what? Good news, God's heard your request. You're gonna have a boy. Zechariah's response is, well, how do I know you're legit? How do I know I can trust you? How do I know I can trust what you're saying? That's the emphasis, the message behind what he says. The angel is like, I am Gabriel. That was kind of like his shutdown in Stormzy kind of way. And he just shuts him down and says, I'm Gabriel. Uh, This is what's going to happen. And because of your unbelief and the way you've treated this, you're not speaking until it all happens. Then as soon as it happens, Zechariah bursts out into praise, into prophecy, and he's just so excited, full of faith again. It was a madness because while he's wafting through this smoke, believing the prayers of the people is reaching God, he wasn't believing that his own prayers were reaching God. And I think sometimes that's a lot like you and I, that we go through life believing the stories and the testimonies of other people, but when we go through the darkness, when we go through tough times, when we encounter situations that are difficult, we believe, okay, yeah, God does that for them, but will he do it for me? God hears them, but is God hearing me? Those are the kind of questions that we have. And today what we're looking at is we're looking at a little girl. I say little girl because she's estimated probably around about the age of 13 years of age as this is about to kick off. We're looking at Mary. And the key thing that I see, keep seeing reoccur in the pattern of the nativity story is that it isn't fluffy and it isn't like we see on TV. It's actually really scary stuff. Because for Zachariah, at a young age, not being able to have kids, that's a scary thing. Living your life, watching everyone else have kids, the fear lingering, is this ever gonna be happening for me? It's a lot of anxiety, it's a lot of pain, it's a lot of heartache. Now for Mary, she's got it all going on. Life is great, she is like this, this holy chick, she's keeping it pure, she's keeping it good, she's keeping it 100, and she has a visitation now 
from Gabriel. This is weird. Gabriel's only appeared in the Bible in the book of Daniel, and now it appears like Gabriel is doing the rounds. It becomes like it becomes like East Enders in this book. It's like you know, end of episode one, Zechariah, do 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 do, and then the next next week is like it's Mary, do 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 do, and spoiler alert, week three. It's Joseph. <laughs> Joseph gets to hang out with Gabe. This guy hasn't been seen, and now he's doing the rounds in one family. It's a madness. Like, all these relatives are like, oh, you've seen Gabriel? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, saw him down here standing around the corner the other day, love. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about a baby. You know what I mean? It's a bit like that. You're reading this, you're like, for realsies, this is absolutely crazy, crazy stuff. So Mary is having this moment, and, and Gabriel is, is kind of speaking out um, speaking to her. So if you look in the Gospel of Luke, if you've got the City Hill London app, you're reading from the same translation of me. If you haven't, just read from whatever you've got. So we'll be looking at the Gospel of Luke and we will be looking at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled by the saying and tried to work out in her head, discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. I just want to let you in on a little secret. As soon as you've found favour with God, you should definitely be afraid. Because things are about to kick off. And um, don't be afraid, you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the Most High will overshadow you, Therefore, child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age and has also conceived a son. And this is her sixth month um, with her who has been called barren. For nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I find this absolutely fascinating and I find this absolutely 110% mental. She's like a 13-year-old girl. She's being told she's going to have a baby. She knows she's done no bow chicka bow wow bow chicka bow bow. So the funny thing is when you look at the two stories, they're back to back. I mean, I looked at it, I thought like, oh my gosh, God is like a man-hater. Like Zachariah goes like, what? How do I know this is going to be legit? How do I know what you're saying is true? And it's like, you will never speak again until the baby's born. Mary goes, how can this be? You're favored. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was like, what? What is the difference between these two? And I was thinking about that this week, and I was thinking about with Zechariah, he gets told that his wife, he knows his wife is barren and they're gonna have a kid, but like that's happened in the Bible like loads of times. Like he could go like, oh, Abraham and Sarah, God's promise to them and how old they were, God pulled one out of the hat. But Mary, Mary is an uncharted territory. This is someone who is a virgin, a virgin about to have a baby. I want to let you know on something. I 100% believe in the virgin birth of Jesus. I believe in it. I fully believe in it. 100%. I believe God did it. I believe God can do it. Now, if any other woman comes up to me at any point in my life and goes to me, Andy, I'm preggers. 
We didn't do it. We didn't do it. It's immaculate conception. I just felt the presence of God tingling all over my body. Oh man, I'll tell you what. I'd probably swear. I'd probably say some choice words I should never say. I'm not believe. Like I think sometimes when we get to Christmas time, we look at this story, and sometimes we don't actually engage with how awesome and awe-inspiring and how insane, absolutely 110% insane, this story is. And that at 13 years of age, as she hears this, some people say that actually when she says, "How will this be?" since I'm a virgin, unlike Zachariah, who's like, "No, nah, I don't really believe this. I'm not really in. I'm not involved. I'm not really feeling this." Some people suggest that actually she's more in awe and wonder. This is awesome news. How is this going to be? Because we're not doing it, you know. We're not, we're, not, we're not active in that way. We're not sexually active. How is this going to be? And then the angel is like, oh, Mary, let me, let me tell you a little story of how God's going to do it. This is going to, this is going to blow your mind. This is going to be amazing. I think the crazy thing for this story is that he's saying you're highly favored And she says at the end of it, she's so excited and she says to him like, let it be according to your word. I'm a servant of God. Let it be according to your word. Man, I've got to be honest with you guys today. Maybe you guys are really on it and like really cool. Whatever God says goes in your life. Um, I'm not that great. But if that had been me, I'd be like, God, let it be. But can we edit a few things? Can we change the... Gabriel, are you going to go see Joseph? Because he hasn't said here, I'm going to go speak to Joseph, don't worry. I'm going to let him know that you're not chasing other guys. You haven't been with someone else. I'm going to let him know. That actually happens and he does go speak to Joseph. But he doesn't assure her this. She's not even thinking about that. Me, when I hear someone talking to me, all I'm thinking about is where this is going. What this is going to look like. What are the implications of this on my life? This girl is sitting there and she's just so excited about what God is doing. But can you imagine the different ways this could pan out? So for her to have the faith in this situation, in this moment, for me, just absolutely blows my mind about what an amazing, awesome woman Mary is and how faith-filled she is at the age of 13. Because you see what happens is, the Bible says that at some point Joseph was like, ah, she's she's preggers and um, I'm secretly going to call this off. I'm going to secretly do it so that no one else really has to know that much and not make a big scene about it because I want her to be okay. I love her, I care about her, but like I'm going to kind of end this in the most amicable way possible. So that's, that's what Joseph is thinking. Now you have to understand from Mary's point of view, if that happens, that's not like today. That's not like today. I don't know if, if you've been like a, a single mom, in, not in this church, but in another church at any time in your life, maybe you'll have experienced or have experienced or haven't experienced what that can be like. I I want to tell you now, it could be a brutal experience, a brutal experience. I knew one single mum whose boys that I used to take out because their dads weren't really about. And um, I remember her telling me she went to church and she had a bracelet on her ankle. That was it. That was it. It set off the hounds. People were like, you woman of the night, you street walker. I remember sitting in her living room. I'm like, people said that to you. And she was like, yes. And I, I haven't been back on a Sunday since. She goes to like the kids' groups, taking the kids to the groups because they're great. Never went back on a Sunday. That's today in a liberal society with a few nut jobs. That's today. Mary's Day, I want to bring up someone to, to remember, like her, her kid that's coming, Jesus, later on in his life, in his ministry, he's out and about the town, and these guys bring this woman who's been caught in adultery and bring her straight before him and 
she's there on the floor and they're ready to throw stones at her to kill her. They're ready to throw rocks and kill her, okay, for what, what has happened. Now, what you have to understand is Mary hasn't committed adultery, she hasn't done that, but you need to understand how is this gonna look for everyone else in her community? As God says this word, if Joseph doesn't go, yeah, honey, I totally believe it, I'm in with you, we'll do this, don't worry, I won't say a word to anyone. She can't go around telling people, oh, no, 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 it's the, it's the spirit of God that just came upon me and the Spirit of God put this baby in me and it's going to be his kid, it's the Messiah, so you guys should actually be treating me nicely, buying me some luxury baby gifts for the baby shower because this is the chosen one. She can't go around saying that. She could end up with rocks thrown at her for blasphemy and killed. She has to keep it stern and keep quiet. But God says you are highly favoured. Highly favoured. To me, it sounds like the Titanic. If I was a 13-year-old girl growing up in a very brutal world that didn't see women very positively and women who, say, made mistakes in some way were dragged out in public and executed and humiliated and their families treated badly because of it and then an angel comes and says, well, hey, this is how the Messiah's coming and you're the blessed one, you get the lottery ticket. You're going to be the one who has a kid without doing it. If I was her, I would be there like, let it be, let it be. But can we just edit a few of these things? Because this really isn't going to work for me. But Mary goes for it. The question I have and, and that I often wonder about is I look at Mary and the question I ask is, well, how comfortable must she have been in her own skin and in the call that God has for her? And I think the question that every single person has to ask at some point is that question, how comfortable you are in who you are, but actually how comfortable you are in who God says you are. Because if, if we can't fully like trust in who God says we are, we'll never be able to have a response like Mary can have. We'll probably never even have a response as good as Zachariah the week before. We're probably gonna be have a, nah, you're all right. We're gonna treat God like a Happy Meal. Nah, you're all right. Think I'll pass, think I'll skip. Man, I wonder. I wonder about myself sometimes and I think when my life comes to those points, hey, you're right. When my life comes to those points of the crossroads and the intersection where fear meets faith, which is what I call God's plan, because I've never yet met anyone who's engaged with God's plan for their life that hasn't had to overcome fear with faith. I haven't met a single person yet. None, no one. And in this sacred moment, as we start to see God's plan unfold for humanity, it all singles around this young girl. She is highly favored. Mary's words, I think are like words of wisdom for all of us. And I think the challenge she lays down for you and I is if you haven't asked this question or if you've put off asking this question or if you've actually asked the question I said before about your own skin and how comfortable you are with God's plan for your life, I want you to think about, well, what is your response to it at the moment? Where are you in relation to what you believe God has for you? Where are you in relation to what you think he, his best for your life? She was 13 years of age in a very brutal environment, and yet God used her in the most amazing and wonderful ways. There isn't a person on this earth and throughout history who doesn't owe a debt of thanks 
to Mary, you know what I mean? Like, stepping up in a way no one else would. A little 13-year-old girl stepping up to the plate. I wonder if when Mary had the baby and they knew that Herod was now gonna start killing young boys in that region at that age, knowing that the new king was coming from there, I wonder if she still was going, man, highly favored, blessed by God. I wonder if when she had to spend all the gold that the wise men had brought, fleeing to Egypt to live in a place that wasn't her home, I wonder if she was still going around going, highly favored, feeling so blessed right now, hashtag humble brag. Instagram post, hashtag blessed. (laughs) Out here in Egypt where I don't want to be. He's born kind of around Bethlehem, but then when they come back from Egypt and they hear from God that everything's okay, they end up living in the ends. They end up living in a place, can any good thing, any good thing come from, really? This guy's the Messiah, he's from, he's from the bits? He's from the ends? Can any good thing come? I wonder if when she was living there and there was all the trouble in her neighborhood and living around people that, that caused her to be a bit worried about her other kids and that all playing out in the street. And I wonder if she was still there going, blessed and highly favored, you know what I mean? You see, sometimes I think you and I have an idea of God's plan, God's plan. And we think that it's like this, this smooth coasting thing that we just step into and everything just goes swell and everything just goes great. But I look at this text and I read Mary's life and, and I read how it went from this moment of me and this angel. And you know what? Things just got really, really tough. And maybe this morning this isn't what you want to hear. Maybe things have got really tough in your life and this is exactly what you need to hear. And you need to know that, hey, God is with you. You are favored, you are blessed where you are and God is gonna do great things in your life. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. But as I was reading this, I didn't feel like I'd come here on Sunday and just talk about Mary and this like kind of like, I don't know, Catholic kind of figure and it's all sorted and it's all great and, and you know, she's blessed, she's highly favored and all this stuff is popping off in her life. I wonder if when she's kneeling at the cross and this chosen one that she's been blessed and favored with having, she sees him hanging there and dying. I wonder how highly favored and blessed she felt then. You know what I mean? That's gotta be a tough thing to watch. Your son marred more than any man. I know he's not her son, but he is her son. I wonder what that's like. But I wonder what it's like when your boy steps back up three days later. I wonder what that's like. And you know what the good news is about the story of Mary and how she sees this all play out with her son, sees him grow old, sees him die, brutally tortured on a cross on a tree. She, she sees and she hears of a resurrected son, newness of life. She sees a king whose, whose kingdom never ends. That's what she was promised. They used to say Caesar is Lord. The Christians said Jesus is Lord. The Roman picture of Caesar was that Caesar came and he oppressed and he'd come to your country and your yard and he'd say, Caesar is Lord for his soldiers. And if you said, no, he's not, they steamrolled you and they would kill you. And they would butcher the place and take it over. Or you'd say, yes, Caesar is Lord and you start giving them money. Yet Jesus is Lord would come and he would say, this is my body broken for you and for many. This is my blood poured out for you and for many. This is the the promise of the, the new covenant that in my death you might have newness of life, an eternal life, a quality which no one else can give or bring. 
man, Mary, you are blessed. You are highly favored. You and I make decisions in our lives so often that it's about the, the vaporous things of this world. We talked about it this series before, vaporous things. Vapor, vapor, all is vapors, Solomon said. We chase after those things like they have value. Yet Mary went through the ringer and she's highly favored and she's blessed. And Mary steps into something beyond our wildest dreams and our comprehension. But you see, here's the thing. I believe that God has for you and for me things of eternal worth, things that transcend the very nature of just going and getting the perfect spouse, getting a job, getting a great job, getting promoted, new whip, bigger than these things. None of these, I'm not saying don't go out there and get the perfect spouse. Hey, everyone tries that. Then you find out you're not it. It's true. Everyone does it. And you find out that no matter how great that person is, they don't complete you. There's something missing in, in the heart of every man and every woman and it's something of eternal value. Mary, you are blessed and you are highly favored. And that only comes when God comes and he comes calling and we say, let it be exactly as you say. I'm not looking to edit what you want to do in my life. I'm not looking to twist it anymore. I'm not looking to fight this way. I'm not looking to go that way, Lord. I just want to surrender and I want to live as you've called me to live. I'm going to pray for us today and I'll be here. Father God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your plan. I thank you, Lord, that all the times that I just want to edit and edit and edit and edit your plan and edit it again because I don't like the edit I've even done. And yet you have something wonderful that you call us blessed, you call us highly favored in what your son Jesus has done for us on the cross, that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Father, I, I pray for us today and, and as each of us has this moment, we have the opportunity to come to your throne and to speak to you about exactly what's going on in our lives and invite you to speak into our lives what it is you're calling us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. really hope you enjoyed today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london